What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me have Rich Lotta, who is dancing and cranking up as if he's listening to like Waka Flock Flame in 2011. What is going on, man? Yes, sir. Uh, absolute all-time classic show uh, happened last night, and I'm ready to get to it. Okay. Why did I say 2011 when it's like 2009 or something like that? Wow. 2000, 2010. Like it's in that range. It's in that range. It's in that range. No, no niggas are getting old now. You know. Just, oh, God. Well, I'm, I'm just forgetting years now. Oh, God. Uh... Yeah, man. Um, great show. Just initial thoughts. Just I thinking like top to bottom. Man. This show is like for everything. This for every match on the card that uh, in the way it was slotted. Like this show basically achieved what it was going for. Um, was this the best uh, pay per view I've ever seen? Bell to bell from start to finish on a show. No, um, but I do think that. The high end on this show is as good as anything, or at least the best match on the show is as good as pr- pretty much any other uh, tag match you'll ever see. Um, I think that uh, the main event, or I think the title matches on this show all knocked it out of the park for uh, what you're expecting and the builds you have for them, respectively. Um, and then just tons and tons of surprises and people coming through and, um, like, And, like, the differences of the matches throughout the show, like, to go from a, a heated, uh, like, a heated rivalry like MJF that has a career on the line to go through, like, an exhibition match, like, which which is, like, John Mossy versus Japan at this point, um, to get a Hoss battle, uh, strong style slugfest, like, or really two of them, but, like, the start of the show with Kingston and Miro to get that ridiculous cage match, to get Britt in probably her best regular rules match I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get the the main event, Christian in, in Omega, and it was like, this is pretty much that what we thought it was going to be. It was like, they, they had a great match in Chicago, or not Chicago, but um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And like, you knew that they saved something to tank, and their match was going to be even better. And 
at the same time, you didn't think it was going to be some match of your contender, but you knew it was going to be a kick-ass match, and given, like, you look at AEW, like, pay-per-view title matches, like, this is way up there. It is, if this is a one, it's, what, two, three? Somewhere in there. So, um, and then you get the surprises. And I, I, so I thought it was, I thought it was a, a, one of the best pay-per-views of the year. Um, maybe the best pay-per-view of the year. Um, it's definitely in the top three. Like, yeah, what I you got? It's going to clean up. Yeah, um, especially because these surprises, like, and, that, and when I, so, I think the thing for me is like when I think about like, for me personally, like what what sticks for me is thinking of like bills towards matches and how the matches pay off, but I also forget about like the surprise factor of, you get Ruby Soho, you get Daniel Bryan, you get Adam Cole, you get Minoru freaking Suzuki, um, and I think about and I forget about that the the big pop aspects I'm thinking of because I'm always wrongfully thinking of replay value on in the future is like you can't recreate that kind of pop or whatever else so that's why you you know you look at back at um stuff like moxie coming out at uh double or nothing and that's why that show is remembered as like the best show of 2019 bell to bell it's up there but i wouldn't say it was better than like the best takeovers from that year but there, there is no there is no John or Dean Ambrose leaves in the middle of his fucking prime and goes to the other side. There is nothing like that, you know. So, um, just from that perspective, like they obviously, I don't think it's replicable. I don't think you can get. There's not too many Daniel Bryan's and CM Punks and you know just <laughs> and Mono Suzuki's walking the streets. But like to be able to put that all in time and place and put it in basically one building, like that was cool as hell. Yeah, man. I um I thought it was a really special show that. Uh, will signify when we look back on this, it'll be like, you know, when when Vince went national in the 80s, right? It's like 84. And then it takes them like, you know, they launched WrestleMania in like 85. And then like a couple years later, is like their big shit, like the, the big WrestleMania 3. Yeah. So this, is, this is the third all out. And it's like this roster has been, um, been there. It's been upgraded now. Uh, with with all these imports and it just feels like everyone still has fresh stories tons of um, potential matches everywhere there's a great uh, there like I would say the soccer team uh, philosophy like there's great levels at every level of AEW and it is um, a show that really I think has taking everything that's been like bubbling like the stuff with the forbidden door all the free agency uh things tony khan smartly staying away from uh everyone like or or smartly picking out people uh in the open market that he can bring in not everybody's coming in AEW and getting signed like and it's just been uh ever since they went back on the road they were waiting for this show essentially all out is like you know like Every every other show kind of has like a big um, thing to it. Maybe it's at full gear at this point. Like Revolution, you always have. Hey, the first Revolution was that super tag match. Double or nothing is like the the official start of AEW. All Out's like the unofficial like anniversary of like the All In franchise. So mm-hmm. like um, like this being like two years after, it's like uh, a sign that they are here to stay, not going anywhere. And it's just something like you want to be a part of. And this is our version of like the the 90s now, like WCW's here or whatever. And it's AEW and it's not necessarily WCW. A lot, oh, it's big, way better. Like it's a, it's a different philosophy. It's like 
it's everything. Like <laughs> a lot of it's different, but the like the roster they're compiling now is just like it's a dream roster, and it's like um, the the older guys mix well with the young guys. The top people of like the like the the work rate style, the hardcore fans in America, it seems like they're all conversion. Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson are in the same promotion. Like I essentially like when Daniel Bryan's career, I'm gonna get to it later. Like when his career got put on ice for a minute, my favorite wrestler became Kenny Omega. Like, and then I'm like, they're never gonna cross paths. Like, like how's that happening? Kenny's never going to WWE. And then AEW's born. They're here now. This timeline is amazing. Um, I went back and found a bunch of old um, tweets uh, and dunked on folks, and we'll get to it with uh, the Adam Cole stuff as well. But um, the the philosophies in wrestling, like AEW's, like finding a way to um, exercise like their like how they want to do stuff and it's going over really well with people. And I think they've got to, you know, just continue shipping away. Like, like, I don't like, like you said, it's not replicatable. Like you can't just always do like surprise stuff like that. But, um, I feel like there's plenty like of like, they're, they're not like, it's hard to say this. They are not built on surprises. Like they have a strong enough base to where the base stuff already pulls you in and the they proved, and they proved that extra. over the track record to get to this point right like the surprise stuff is extra this isn't like uh, you know i dunked on the world's like dumbest person on twitter earlier today this isn't a promotion built on pops like this is a um you know Wait, what, what? yeah it, it, it's just dumb like um like yeah, you know, like like how is this sustainable? Their the business isn't built on pops. I'm like, I'm sorry. We wait, just wait, so, a- wait. So are you saying that like is this person more or less saying that they they shotgun Daniel Bryan, Ruby Soho, and Adam Cole on one night? Is that what they're kind of saying? Or no, no, they're not. They're not saying that at all. Um, so okay, th- all right. Let's, let's... Wrestling is not built on pops. What is it built on then? Yeah, it's like their business. Uh, it was the same lady that said that dumb stuff about Marco Stunt and Lance Archer that one time. So like, say, we are, was that the lady that said that like it was problematic that like this gigantic dude beat up a small guy? Yes. So it's like oh. their business model relies on pops. What happens when you're out of pops? A lot of people like dunked on her and said you get Monday Night Raw. Um, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, but my thing is like, what do you mean like? Given what they've done so far, why would they ever run out of pops? I I, I don't know. I, Every like, it, like if they're pl- I don't know. I, I obviously this is what that's one of those things where like somebody is saying something that they think like is smart or profound, but because it's Twitter and like you made it and, and it your uh, the nuance has to get shrunk into the size of you know. You know, microscopically, nope. like people, Maybe you can look, like something. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like the thing is, like with Twitter, is like you talk to talking to somebody, you can get their point. Them trying to make it whatever, ex, trying to make something that that needs like a paragraph into like two sentences, you just left like what? So and then people get dunked on like that. So I imagine after you mentioned that part, it's like okay, um, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Yeah. God bless them, though. That's that's yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. one of those where it's like you 
and the, it, trying to sound smart, you sounded dumb. It's one of those. Yeah, um, but all time show. Ready, I'm ready to talk about it. Um, I don't know if you want to go bottom to top, top to bottom, but um, yeah, um, yeah. Let's 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 uh, let's run through the show uh, uh, top uh, uh, from front to back. All right. Yeah. So the opener, the uh, TNT title match, you get uh, Miro versus I almost called him Miro <laughs> Rusev, which makes no sense. Uh, you get Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston was super over uh, in front of this crowd. Um, this is first, I, I feel like this is the first time I've seen him wrestle a singles match in a while. I don't, I, I don't know. It feels like he's kind of been on the back burner, but like this one in a hurry in like the last week is just like got put on the card and people want to see Miro. People want to see Eddie Kingston and they went at it and they just went out there and they, they just basically just hit each other and chopped each other and suplex each other. And it, it was, it was a blast. Uh, ultimately the finish ends up coming after a, a top turnbuckle ends up getting exposed. Uh, Eddie Kingston goes to try to use it because he's a lovable scumbag, which means he's still a scumbag. He tries to cheat. Bryce Rimsburg, who still is trying to redeem this man, uh, uh, stopped him from using it in doing so. Ends up getting uh, his vision line of sight cut off from Miro, who then like does the Ric Flair backwards uh, um, leg low blow into Kingston, and then Kingston comes off the comes off. I'm not Kingston, but uh, Miro then comes off of uh, two ropes and hits the super uh, jumping super kick for or the Mashka kick or whatever he calls it now for the W. Um, really fun match. Really fun match. Really liked it. Uh, it was um, they, they kept talking about like all Japan uh, with Eddie Kingston. Yes. And, um, it was just like I was watching two big brawl motherfuckers uh, hit each other with suplexes, and uh, I really liked the finish because it wouldn't have felt right Eddie Kingston submitting. Uh, right. This wasn't a dude that like quits on shit. Even he had to get like put out like like in that I quit match like. You know, he was a heel, so it was a little bit different there. But Eddie Kingston is a never say die babyface. Um, got the redeem these nuts uh, shirt over this weekend. <laughs> Hopefully, he made some more coin off of that. But um, Miro rolls on like you know as a strong TNT champion, and uh, he's he continues to fire on all cylinders. Never been pinned in the company. Wouldn't be opposed to seeing this match happen again at some point, or uh, you know. And I was really happy for Eddie Kingston. I think this is his, uh, like, he was working with Mox in the tags earlier uh, this year. That was an awesome match as well when they fought the Bucks. Yeah. Um, that might and, shit. Uh, where does that rank on match of the year in AEW? Top, it has to be top five, right? Top five. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he's, uh, you know, he's, he's inherited the Eddie chant. Like, and, <laughs> and he's, he's respected kind of in the same way as Eddie Guerrero is. So they had they um, had demons both of them. Yeah, so like uh he's believing when he talks and and it's just like he's he's great even in defeat. Um but yeah, that was it was an awesome match. Yeah. Um second match, uh the continuing the the 40 minute block of New Japan Pro Wrestling that that was on this show. You get uh Satoshi Kojima versus John Moxley. Um, now there was a lot of talk online about people that were poo-pooing, uh, you know, one, one of the best wrestlers of the nineties in the two thousands, uh, being on this card while he still can go, uh, against John Moxley and people were, were saying that his name recognition doesn't really work or whatever else. But then you, then again, it's like, yeah, maybe if this is a main roster, um, 
crowd where you get like 25 percent of, of the of the you know stadium is go, the football stadium is going nuts so everybody else is looking around but no this is like a crowd so you're saying they're not in lafayette louisiana like no what 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 i'm saying is like this is a like you book people based off of what your crowd knows and wants and outside of the smash brothers who turned into dark order evil uno and Stu grayson i can't think of too many times where they pull somebody out brought them out expecting a big pop or a big debut and then the crowd was like who the fuck is that guy uh that rarely happens in AEW. and this is another example of the people that that don't that under that think they understand AEW's audience better than Tony Khan and Mookie and whoever else that does the booking to get this done uh, knows their crowd. Like this crowd, this fan base is built off the backs of all the work that a lot of foreigners and guides in and everybody else did in New Japan. They saw. T- they they know who Kojima the fuck they know who he is. They've seen him plenty of times on the on the undercards of these big shows, like wrestling the granddad matches, like with Tenzan and them and Hanma. Like they know who he is. Like, did they know all of the spots? Not necessarily, but went out there, they brawled back and forth, they they wrestled back and forth, they had a they had a fun ass match, just like very similar to the uh Yuji Nagata match that Moxie had earlier in the year. And the crowd knew most of the stuff. And they had fun, and you had dueling chance. You know, Satoshi Kojima got dueling chance with the biggest baby, the best baby face champion I've seen in the last decade. And he got a big response when his music first hit when he came out. So I was very happy uh, for Kojima uh, to get that love because um, he came here in 2020 to St. Pete in in Florida. And there may have been. The first week of January? Yeah, that was like yeah. first week or you know the end of January. Okay, um, okay. And um, I'll never forget how hard him and Yuji Nagata worked in the, like <laughs> this in front of like eight hundred to like twelve hundred yes. people. Like they were just like, "Yo, we showed up here and we're gonna give y'all a damn show." So like, um, he he came. He didn't know necessarily know if anybody was gonna know him. Like he was sending out tweets like that, and um, it was just you know. Like I, this is why you know I grew up watching wrestling like this, like seeing like you know uh, WCW and right. um, New Japan working together and Starcade '95, and then seeing Sting fight like Kensuke Sasaki and shit like that. Like this is like what wrestling is built on to me. Right, like, seeing and, people from different parts of the right. world fight each other and shit, and like right. see who's the best. So like I love this. Right, and that's the thing that always got me was like, okay, like I get the. Like WWE for years has taught you that like if Vince McMahon doesn't know who the fuck that person is, that person will not be over, or this person's a nobody. But how many times does somebody have to show up from New Japan Pro Wrestling straight from Japan to WWE like AJ Styles or uh, Gallows Anderson, or like come from come from NXT developmental system that was on the network and then come up and they get huge pops? Like people watch other stuff besides just WWE. Like you got to look outside that and like for somebody like Kojima, who has been on all these Rust kingdom shows, been on all these dominions, been in the G one. Uh, I think it's last year. What was the last year? Was it G one 2018? Or 17? I would have to check. I well, think it might be 17. Yeah. 17 or 18. Like 
in this time frame from when they actually got the paper or the new or new japan got pay-per-views over here on fight or whatever else to watch it like he's been a part of them shows like people know who he is maybe they don't think he's like their favorite like no one no one's screwing him with like Minoru suzuki right but except, they fucking know who he jeremy is. but you know well yeah jerry's jeremy's different yes jeremy is the number one uh is is number one uh, actually he, he might be the leader of the brand club over here on the in this chapter the north american the, chapter the, the unofficial the unofficial bread club fan club yes that man is all, I, I was about to say something really uh i'm gonna move on i was gonna say this man was all about the yeast <laughs> I don't even know how to transition from there. But anyway, Kashima came out. They knew almost all of his stuff. Like they pot for uh, for the for the chops in the corner and all that stuff. And we're waiting for the lariat and all that stuff. Like yeah, man. And, and Moxley played into it to a T. Like he was basically he was basically teach educating the crowd of like I'm going to chop him in his corner until he can take over and he does the chops better than I did and I'm going to sell bigger than he sold for them or he'll even no sell the chops till he uh, counters me. Same thing with the lariats. Like. And it was a, it was a fun ass match, um, so like that they were two for two, and then and at that like at that point of things was like eight forty one, and I looked at my time and I was like, I, I I love being able to watch New Japan without actually having to watch New Japan. This especially look, after this weekend here and look, some of this shit that was going if you, on. If you want good New Japan pro wrestling, watch AEW or watch Stardom. Um, right. It, it, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, but is it started doing better New Japan for wrestling than New Japan for wrestling actually is? Hey, I, I, all I know is, like, Bushiro better be looking at them sheets. You know, <laughs> Bushiro better be looking at the temperature in these streets. <laughs> they might want to reconsider, you know, um, using one of those dome days, those those three Tokyo Dome shows. They may want to give one of those to, you know, to stardom. You know, oh, man, when I saw, when I saw, looked at uh, Cage Match, and I, I, I've only watched one of the... Uh, Met like only one match out of either one of those Met Life Dome shows, and it was a it was their first uh, starter match to start off the show. And I saw I down, I was like, okay, they had a three and a quarter star match, and I was like, okay, so they had a good match. That's all. I'm, just don't embarrass me. That's all, that's all I'm just worried about. Don't come out here and fucking embarrass me. It's, it's like you out here with, with two people that debuted in 2019 and another person that debuted last year. Don't fucking embarrass me out here in front of all these people. So especially not this shit live. So. I was like, okay, you had your three and a quarter in the opener. Good, congratulations, y'all. y'all that was a wild success. And then to come to find out, that was like this, the second or third best match on the show. I was like, what the fuck has happened here? <laughs> we'll we'll get to it later. Yeah, um, but back to back to this. Yeah, I just thought it was I thought it was like a great block to go Kingston and Moxley, and then had those two matches, just the physical stuff off the start to start it off, and then because you know they don't really book their card like how we would like them to. They like to book it kind of like. We don't, we, the crowd's going to go up and down based off what we have planned for these matches, and we're trying to calibrate that, and I think it's easier if you just put all your best stuff or what you think is your best stuff all at the end and then let you know let let God deal with it after that. So mm-hmm. um, it was interesting to see what was what they were how they were signaling the car throughout the show. So um, you have any other thoughts on that New Japan uh, section? <laughs> yeah, oh, um, Suzuki. Then, then, yeah, Suzuki. Um, come, I, I lean over to you, James. Uh, I, I say, James, Suzuki's gonna come out, and then a second later, the music uh, for Suzuki co- hits. Pop, uh, Lord. Big pop. His name pops up on the screen. Uh, Kaizen Inari, you know, uh, as, as shit plays, everyone does it. He gets in, and I'm like, man, this is just like the same reaction um, as Russell Kingdom that year that he walked out on Moxley, and that yeah. was like. 
they have great chemistry. They've had nothing but great matches against each other. Yep. Uh, and we're getting one fucking Wednesday, James, yeah. on and I, TNT. And, you know, when you mentioned uh, Suzuki, I was thinking to myself, okay, so is that going to be the uh, Arthur Ashe match? And you were like, probably. And then we find out we're getting it, to, we're getting it to Wednesday. It's like, good God. And that's, and that's just going to be in Cincinnati in, in front of Moxley's hometown. Like, that shit is going to be hot as hell. Like, I know they like to put super hot matches on in the opener. Whatever y'all want to do, this what I will, this what I say to you, Tony Khan, Mookie, whoever's doing the, whoever's booking the 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 car replacement on that show, do whatever you need to do to make sure that I get it very similar to that Moxley, I'm not sorry, that, that Pac and Kenny Omega, thirty man Iron thirty man Iron Man match, no commercials, fuck off with that. I just want, I just want to see, I just want to see the match in its entirety and not that. be fucked with, like, bro. That was one of my that was one of my twenty favorite matches of the uh, last year. That match was awesome. And we're gonna get a shit on free TV, free TV in, in quotation marks. Like, it's just gonna be a blast, bro. Yeah, um, super excited. Um, Suzuki, uh, I, I got a message from Dave Finishall. Like he told me, um, Suzuki's made for American wrestling. He's yes, got such charisma. Yes. great facials. He has be- uh, who has better facials than him in wrestling. Um, I've been saying this for years, but and I'm sure a lot of other people say this, but who has better facial expression than him in wrestling? Short list. Um, and I think he, uh, obviously he's got like the striking and he's, he always looks believable and, um, yeah, very happy, very happy Suzuki's here. So, um, like he's, he was, he has tons of matches booked in the month of September in this country. I figured he would be in AEW. That's why I, I figured he was going to come out at some point, mm-hmm. like I think I had predicted or said he was going to help Lance Archer, um, you know, against a men in the year or something like that. But uh, I think I like this even better. So, um, yeah, up next, we got the uh, AEW women's world title match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeats Chris Statlander. And this was awesome, too. Um, this was just- a very well built, ma- built match. Um, this match started out not very slow but it started out fine and then as it kept going i forgot what at what point uh given it it wasn't a long match but given how the length that it went uh it it built like where like by the time it you know you get to the uh uh panama city move or whatever adam cole calls this canadian destroyer like it was like that's the finish it built there was kickouts and it was fun. It was really fun. Um, this is, I, I thought that for 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 Britt, she she really did this. And Stat, I thought Stat did a very good job compared to last year's match with Nyla. Um, it, I was just really disappointed by that match. And I thought like I don't know if it's the pairing or just a, the an extra year of experience. But I thought that Statlander did very well in this match. I think Statlander has been on fire really since she's returned. Um, as far as like uh, the work that she's put in the gym has really helped her in the ring. Um, and Britt continues to leverage her star power into figuring out just how to be over. And her wrestling is only going to keep getting better if she, you know, de- dedicates herself to that. Um, I liked her unit with uh, Hater and Rebel. And I don't think anything's changed for a while. They've got, you know, like we, we saw the winner of the Battle Royal match we'll get to later. But uh, that's a, I think that's a hot matchup. And um, but but for this, like, I think Britt needed this uh, for sure, because uh, like the Red Velvet match was OK. Um, the Nyla match wasn't great. 
but um, this was just another solid defense. Chris Statlander, I think, has a shot in the future, I possibly to be the champion. Um, I can see that. So an- another good uh, match for her, and you know we keep it rolling. Yeah, so we about to roll into a match of the year contender. Um, <laughs> the AEW World Tag Team Title Match inside of a steel cage, no interference. Um, the the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, and they had what uh, their second best match together in AEW history, which means like it's a match of the year contender. It's one of the greatest matches in AEW history. It's one of the best matches of the year on the short list. Um, they and it wasn't nearly as crazy as I thought it was from as far as like aerial air to ground landing spots or whatever else. Oh, Everybody like violent, but it was it was violent. Uh, and it had um, it had the storytelling of getting not necessarily the the young, the Lucha Bros over as tough guys because they're already psychopaths and everyone knows that. But it it gave you the heart of these two are willing to um are willing to die for each other because they're brothers, obviously. But, and, um, you know, like it had the spot with, uh, the Gar- the DIY Gargano and, uh, Chompa spot with the sacrificing yourself to take the, you know, the, the, the big shot. Uh, and that DIY, I think AOP match, that was Gargano getting pushed out the way for, uh, Chompa to catch, to, to catch a ladder from AOP in the face. This was a spiked with thumb or loaded with thumbtack, loaded up a shoe uh, and then they end up uh, bleeding the light buckets they end up getting uh, returning the favor to the young bucks um, there's a Travis Scott posted that on his Instagram like a Matt Jackson Travis Scott the shoe yeah that's funny because I didn't watch wrestling because that's the I guess the Travis Scott shoe so like ah. all these people talking about fake shoes and all that I don't know how they identify that shit because like I'm not a sneaker person but Travis Scott reposted it and a bunch of like big like sneaker outlets that are verified like we're posting that shit so mm. somebody's lying like I don't I don't know who who's capping but I, 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 I think I think they may have worn fake shoes one time or got got on some fake, on some shoes that turned out to be fake and then now everyone thinks all they do is wear fake shoes and it's like. Uh, I don't really care. Like I was like, I, I I don't know, but like, <laughs> like I don't know. Some something's going on. Like, like, like I just, j- like, just thought I should mention. I, bro, right? I just bought like I just bought a, a pair of all black Vans for the first time uh, this weekend. Like I don't I don't care about like about right. design, you know my hell of shoes. I don't really care. Like I'll, I'm good. Shoe integrity. Yeah. You know? Like I'm not I'm not spending more than two hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. Like I'm good. Um. So, uh. I thought but, this was a was a yeah. classic. It's one of the greatest cage matches I've ever seen, if not the greatest cage match I've ever seen. It's like people are yeah, people have what <clears throat> real or do you have a point to get to, or do you want to just stop right here? Because you know I want to stop and, and and ask you some questions. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I never really thought about this. This is, this is probably something that like Josh has made a list of before, but like what when you think of best cage matches ever what come or what are ones that come to your mind because obviously uh, there's regular rules cage matches then there's like hell in the cells and there's war games and then there's elimination right. chambers so like in your in your mind if you want to include all of the <clears throat> cell I'm going to talk like Vince Vince Manspeed, all of the cell like structures like uh-huh. what would before before last night like what would be the short shorthand list of stuff that comes to your mind immediately for you I think you got to go Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in 97 okay um Undertaker and um, Mankind. Well, someone almost died, so yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Three I, times. 
I think you got to go with Io Shirai and uh, Shayna Baszler. What? Um, Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler. Are you serious? Are you joking? I'm dead serious. I love that match. Um, huh. They um, that match was good. That was their best match in NXT. But yeah, um, Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker, uh, Triple H and the Undertaker, and Venera. Okay. Um, the Cody Cody and Warlow. Um, Okay, so what about Elimination Chambers? What about like the 2008 or 2019 Elimination Chamber for the men's? That's, they that's ended another, with Ryan and Kofi. I think this is better, but uh, that's okay. also another great match. Uh, um, New Day in Uso. New Day in Uso. Hell in the Cell, for yeah, sure. 2017. That's their, that's their best, both of their best matches. That's match. their best match. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, those, oh, I think uh, that would be a. Just to retract, when I said the best oh. EO in, uh, in uh, Shayna match uh, in NXT, NXT, like they had a match in Stardom a couple years ago that was better than any of their other matches in NXT together, but whatever. Bret um, Hart and Owen Hart in the, in the cage match, of course. 90, I know yeah, someone was yeah. kicking their or yelling at the uh, podcast that I didn't say it, but yeah. Um, yeah, Bret has a, has a bunch of cage matches too that are pretty good. Um, but this one, it was like unparalleled amounts of like. Create creative violence, I would say. Yeah. Um, there, there. You brought up a good point about the AEW cage looking bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, because of how it it goes all the way down. And yeah. Then, like the cage, the, instead of the cage wrap stop, like the, the bottom of the cage basically wrapping around <laughs> where the canvas would end. Like mm-hmm. it, it goes down further, basically like a two feet from the floor or like a foot off the floor, and like so it looks. Like optically, it looks like it's taller than a like a let's say a WWE cage. But once you look at once you get like you look at it and you're looking at like where the the ring ropes are and then like the top of the cage, they're about they're basically the same. So, but but like but it's but the optical illusion makes it look more dangerous, which is cool. Like you're supposed like the point of this is to trick us. Yeah, um, I thought the Lucha Bros like got over very big. I love their entrance. Uh, that was like one of the most over things of the night. Um, guys rapping in Spanish, come out here dressed like Aztec warriors. Uh, a great display of like Mexican culture. Pageantry. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, I knew for sure they were winning uh, when yeah. I saw that entrance. It was a takeover entrance. Yeah, it was. An, um. It was an NXT takeover <laughs> entrance. Like, oh, he's winning. This man just came. This, like. Oh yeah, Andrade's definitely winning. This man just came out with a what damn sombrero on, and he has and he has a mariachi band behind him and a mask on. He's winning. Yeah, um, and, and I thought the Bucks, like you know, I, I always uh, like to watch how champions hand their belts off, and they handed them off in style, like um, all time great title reign there. Um, I, I think I think a lot of people got it. You know, you start looking at this Young Bucks Loser Bros rivalry. It's one of the great ones. Um, and I look forward to the unlimited chapters. There's a great, um, like their Lucha Brothers are part of the press scrum. Uh, there was a great moment at the end of the match where Pentagon was hugging his daughter. I really liked that. Uh, it's just like showing us kind of the humans behind the masks uh, mm-hmm. on those guys. And um, the uh, uh, Lucha Bros put over like, you know, how much they respect the Young Bucks uh, pretty much and uh, says they're very competitive with them. And, uh, you know, they got tons of respect for him because they're brothers and you know they got a lot of heart and he's you know talked about them wanting to do a hair versus mask match if tony connell uh, let it let him do it or whatever one day and they want to do that and i would love to see it yeah yeah definitely uh, um, aw ever runs in mexico you know <laughs> you know uh yeah i i just um it was an awesome match like there's too much stuff to go over 
but I think the thing, the main thing is the goal was like just like they're really good with the uh, the young bucks in in Lucha Bros together. They get they're really good with like the brother dynamic and the storytelling of their matches. Like you know, you even go back to when they both like murdered each other's brothers on um in their ladder match, and then you go back to this, and it's a call. It's almost like a callback where they're. You know, they they package power drive each other's the older brothers package power drive the younger brothers each other's younger brother like on the apron like mm-hmm. like they're they're just really fucking good like obviously like these are two of the greatest tag teams I've ever seen maybe the two greatest tag teams I've ever seen. Um, Those brothers get the belts, uh, so that, that's gonna be interesting to see how that uh you know who they start defending against. Uh, I, I think there's a proud and powerful feud staring them dead in the face. Yes. Um, with um, those two. I don't recall if they ever, because they they were tagging together uh, last summer, but like there is like an FTR match that's on deck at one point that's in the cards for them too. Um, and that match, be, I think that match will be great too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the Hill tag teams, I saw the Young Bucks right now in AEW because they they kind of like lost focus on the tag team division of late. I think it's because of so many additions like Punk and Brian and Cole and you know Malachi and Andrade that is kind of. Um, you kind of lose focus on what that division is. Like, there's Blade and Butcher because they just came back, So for example, so mm-hmm. they, they can go out there and have another match, you know, and also, like, their chemistry um, teaming together, so imagine them wrestling each other. Men um, of the Year. Oh, that'd Scorpio be good. Sky and um, uh, Ethan Page. Yep, that'd be good. Um, the Acclaimed uh, is out yeah, there. Yeah, they can do that. They can um, do it on TV. They can they can fight. They just turn they just turn the gun club. <laughs> no, 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 thanks. No. Yeah, don't put that on my that. TV screen. I will pass on that. Um, but um, they have two running around and they're doing a good job. Um, oh, they can. I mean, they can always do. They can do a Moxie and Kingston match just cause. Yeah, because they also had like they had Phoenix and Penta teaming with um, or at least they had Phoenix Penny uh teaming with um moxley earlier in the year so they can they can get to that at some point they can have you know they have Pac. the fact that Pac and moxley still hate each other be a, a catalyst of that and uh, you know da 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 run it that'll be a kick-ass match as well I'm trying to think what else um you can link up some dark order teams oh yeah um, silver rentals yes yeah Look, Jurassic um, Express, they can do that. They can put Marco Stunt in there and have, and have Penta murder Marco Stunt again. Yes. Yep. Um, Private Party, they, they yep. had an awesome match with the Lucha Bros um, yep. before. Uh, you could. In the tag, team, tourney. You can team up uh, Ricky Starks and Hobbs if you want. Um, yeah, there's a bunch you, of options. You can pull out MJF and Wardlow or um, shit like that. Um, yep. But uh, up next, man, Casino. Battle Royal ladies match. Uh, Ruby Soho debuts as the Joker, uh, wins by throwing out Thunder Rosa. Um, I can go through the eliminations if you guys want. Um, I got so um, the first uh, elimination was Abaddon throwing out Sky Blue, uh, who was from the Chicago area, was pretty over, uh, got added as a, as a last minute addition. Uh, yeah. got thrown People out were upset she got thrown out first, and it's kind of like, like she probably took Julia Hart's spot. So, <laughs> oh, they just slotted her in in no regard for the like, fact that like it was gonna piss off the crowd. Is what happened? Yeah. Uh, mm. um, I, yeah, but they they do have a point. Like if they gonna put her in, like at least let her get a little run in before it's thrown out me. Because there was a lot of people that was like, come in and immediately get out. Yeah. Um. So the bunny uh threw out Abaddon. 
Uh, Sheeta threw out Emi Sakura. Nyla Rose then threw out Kiara Hogan, uh, Kylan King, and Carl Sheeta. Jamie Hayter eliminated Riho, but Riho did go under the bottom rope. So they need ah. to do something with that. I rewatched it, saw it, and something got fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Swole eliminated Diamante. Um, they actually have a match on Dark tonight. It's called a three strikes match. Uh, first uh, is a pinfall. Uh, first fall. Second fall is submission. Third fall is a knockout. So oh. um, no, no, no ambulance matches. Third match. Yeah, it's just just a knockout. So um, then Jamie Hader eliminated Swole. There was a really big spear that uh, Red Velvet gave to Jamie Hader uh, in this, and just decapitated her damn near. Um, Velvet eliminated Rebel. Anna J returned and uh, eliminated the Bunny, who was dressed like Beetlejuice. Um, Penelope Ford uh, threw out Anna J. Jade Cargo won on the spree, getting rid of Layla Hirsch, Jamie Hader, and Red Velvet. Then Nyla. Uh, uh, betrayed her alliance with Jade, threw Jade out. Uh, then Ty Conti got rid of Penelope Ford. Nyla got rid of Ty Conti. Thunder Rosa uh, got rid of Nyla. And they had a little stare down and uh, went a couple minutes with Ruby Soho and Thunder. Uh, Ruby got a monster reaction when she came out. Uh, yeah. Everyone that she used to wrestle with, obviously, we talked about it when she left WWE. Very popular, yep. very over, very yep. beloved. Yep. Uh, every person you can think of, happy for her. All the and, fans happy. Yeah, you can see it on her face. She went out there that like she was surprised by the reaction she got. Like, yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought it was really cool. Like she, um, she, you know, you see, I don't know how many of the, those three videos series that she that she put out. Like, you know, as almost like as a hype video for where she, wherever you know, she was going to end up going. But like, she put a lot of thought and money and and time into those. And like, they were like. I don't think they were like some. Uh, I don't think they were necessarily some damn thing that should be uh, put on the, put in the Sundance uh, Sundance Film Festival. But like they were thoughtful and really cool, and like, and it was outside the typical sphere of the you know I've been locked down or whatever else and or whatever. It was like I thought it was really thoughtful and like for her, her to tie it all in with like the Ruby Soho thing and like the lyrics to that song and you know. Um, destination unknown and like the destination at the end when she turns around and shows her jacket the destination is AEW I thought it was cool and like she's always somebody that I thought that, you know, me, me and you both felt this way she's someone that we thought like they should have given her a chance in, in on the main roster because like one she was super likable when she was NXT which is like the first tale that she has something going for her and then like they let her promo and when she would promo she would she did her job the promo stunk that they gave her but she delivered them like the villain they they wanted her to do they wanted her to be and like the matches that she got like the title shot she got like she was up for the challenge but it wasn't the champions that were up for the challenge at the time so i i kind of felt like they really didn't give her um enough rope but we'll see how she does here and i think she's gonna i think she'll do well and i'm happy from uh, uh, from that perspective, she was in the um, press scrum and uh, she had mentioned something that uh, she, uh, she had asked Tony Khan like kind of what he wanted from her tonight, and he uh, told her just be yourself. And she was like, "No one's ever told me that before." Like so, and it's, it's something like that's going on with the wrestlers now that you know, and it can't just be the money because like WWE got plenty of money, like they right. to retain people. Like it's just like these people are being treated better, like treated like humans. Imagine that. Like, <laughs> well, okay, so I, I won't go as far as saying the WWE is treated like humans. What I would say is like they're just so they 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 give you some bit of agency over what 
their on-screen characters are going to be in a way that like just is not allowed in WWF slash E anymore. It was afforded to a lot of people twenty something years ago. Now these not people so much. run through a wall for Tony Khan, right? Like it's a lot of that same. And you look at like the people that are here now, right? That are like a lot of those people are like the same people that we that Rich used to joke about. Like, how does Triple H keep keep convincing these next batch of people that they see the first the, the batch right before go all all get destroyed to go to go out here and put their bodies on and, and fight like hell like they do for these big shows and on and on um, shows of NXT and have these great matches? Well. Think all them go hards and how many of them now in, in, in AEW now and and now they get you know presumably either what they were already getting on a bigger stage in NXT or even more freedom to do what they want to do. I can see why people are so happy there. I can see it. Yep, they, so they don't have to pack up all their shit and move to Orlando, far away from their families or whatever else. Like <laughs> in, in a lot of these cases, they can just fly in for one week, do their sh- you know do their house show match or their thing for tv and then go that go the fuck on and keep in touch by emailing texting you know messaging they don't have to you know call in hear from script writers come back and all this shit like it seems like so like it seems like such a it has to be refreshing for a lot of these people to go out of to go out of that environment to this one and be like okay like i don't it, it just it has to just be easier it just has to feel easier all you hear is people talk about how happy it is and how you know, they just feel like there's a, like a, almost like a burden off of them. So, and I think that's really cool. Okay? And I think that's something that like, when Moxley said that like, I want to be proof concept of like, you don't have to do it your way. Like it can be done multiple ways to do this. And like, I think, I, I feel like over time, like their success is nothing but good for WWE because it's only going to prove to the people that they rely on like that they're going to have to change some things to make this place more friendly for the for the wrestlers and i i, I think that's cool mm-hmm. so i'm happy ruby with the big win uh so I, i'm sure they're going to get to that program who knows arthur uh, ash maybe, maybe arthur ash um so i um, mean you kind of have to have i mean what a woman's match you gonna have on there yeah um, like that's what i do so the final fight, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Uh, Chris Jericho gets the win. Uh, and this match was, I think, and it like MJF was the one, you know, that was really holding it together here. And um, Jericho's the the entrance kind of got fucked up because the guitar player like did some goofiness or whatever like with it. So like he was trying to do like a acapella solo, but people but it's almost like he forgot that people have to sing are trying to sing along to this, which is the point of why you're out here, so you need to be on beat. And once he started changing the tempo, like the crowd would get lost and trying to catch the beat and, and then plus, you know, the sound delay in a big stadium, it was a mess um at times and like people going to look at that crowd of all the white, all the white people, and be like, "See, no rhythm. No, it was one white man's fault in this particular <laughs> situation. Not, not, not the, the collective thousands upon thousands of white people. Don't do this to all of them. That's messed up. You know, have more respect for your white brothers. You yes. Know? Um, but yeah, this this was uh like I, I think their match on TV was better. Uh, yes, I agree. A week or so ago, I but agree. This, this was also like, you know, I think it got really good by the end. Uh, the restart. The restarts. I almost say saved this match. It wasn't like it was bad or anything, but um, it definitely helped. It definitely helped. Yeah, um, I think that 
uh, I didn't want to see Jericho lose and retire and shit. So very happy to uh, see Jericho to uh, get the win here. Um, I think that MJF's just fine. Uh, I think if you see anybody <laughs> casting doubt on his future, they're probably concerned trolling at this point. Uh, he's insanely protected. Uh, let's think about all the people that he's lost. It feels to, like right? he only loses once a year. Right. <laughs> like he beat Cody. That's his major program, right? Yep. Uh, John Moxley had to go outside of the the stipulation to beat him. Uh, Chris Jericho had basically got walked like a dog for like a year by MJF yep. and then beat him after a dusty finish. So he already has that, that out to cry there. They mm-hmm. always keep MJF strong to a degree. So, um, yeah, you know, make, make him look strong, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved MJF's gear. I, th- I thought it was very, um, Harley race esque and, um, you know, just, just a, just a flashing sign, um, for MJF, like, He's a prodigy. He is a superstar. All that in the making. He and I can't wait to see who he. You know, if, I think this is it for for this feud. Um, awesome feud. And I, but I can't wait to see where MJF goes next because, like, I want to see him, like, either with one of the imports or one of his like direct peers. So, if that's the case, which which direct peer would you think if you're going that way? Because I I really don't know. Um, like, because he just beat Guevara, like, what, in the last two two months or so. So, um, I feel like, I feel like you can't put Darby MJF together because they both they're both coming off big loss on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jungle Boy, I feel like you can't do that because like Jungle Boy never wins. Like, are you gonna beat him again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe it's time to do MJF and Hangman when he comes back, and then. Hangman, can, well, people will go nuts if ha- I'll get to Hangman, but um, like if Hangman if, doesn't, come if back, Hangman is not backed by Arthur Ashe, let me phrase this. Let me phrase this. If they're not going to put the belt on Hangman and Arthur Ashe, they're probably best leaving him off the card until after Arthur Ashe. Would you disagree? I, I would think Arthur Ashe would even be too soon. I would say like you do that at a pay per view. Um. I, I don't know when he's set to return, so yeah, uh, that too. But you know, I'm I'm always down to see Sammy and MJF again. Um, hell, if if it's not somebody in his direct peer group, Ricky Starks? No, they're both heels. They're both heels. Uh, mm. so they. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, let me take a look at this uh, here roster, but um. It might have. It might just have to be like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. It might, yeah. well, it's probably not gonna be Daniel Bryan. It's like he's directly involved with Kenny Omega, but like it might have to be. It might have to be CM Punk or Adam Cole. Adam Cole's a hill. Oh shit! You're totally right. Yeah. Um, that man came out the hill tunnel. Look, and then he always, the baby face in the face. Look, there's always Pack after he wraps up with uh with uh Andrade. Yeah, that could that could be the case. You're right. Yeah, but we'll we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. Um, but up next, CM Punk against Darby Allen. CM Punk gets the win here in his return match in Chicago, wearing the pants. So CM Punk uh, joining the likes of Kazuchika Okada, um, <laughs> rolling the pants out. Uh, uh, so like you know, it's it's been seven years. Um, man, how how do he look? Um, 
obviously the skills are still there to the is he as is he what he was in like 2013 at that level uh it didn't like that to me but he looked good enough to, to give me reason to believe that like over time he will round into shape into being something similar to what we all knew and loved at the time so um and already like the way his match the match layout was how, how well the story was told like i i think it was there i think that there are moments that uh, he might have to adjust to the times of the day where, like, maybe slap, maybe do one less rest hold on mm-hmm. Darby. Because obviously he had to do it because he's the bigger person to match, and you have the route to get have you know Darby fight for him to come back. Uh, but um, maybe one less of those. But I thought over. I thought in general, like, I, he's going to be fine over time. Like as long as he can avoid injury, he'll be fine. Yeah, I or think major injury. You know what I mean. I think uh, I was looking at CM Punk's lower body and and also like his footwork and I was like looking at his explosion. He doesn't have the explosion yet. Um, I think he's you know doing a lot of running, but he's gonna have to go ahead and, and get start the squats. Start doing squats, yeah. Yep, he's gonna have to start doing squats. Um, Somebody and, better tell that man to start doing like one leg or uh, Bulgarian squats. Yeah, like to, to try to you know try to speed the process. Right, like so get the stabilization underway. I don't think he has the explosion uh, down pack, but he has a mind. Um, yes, he does. His mind is ahead of his body at this point, but I think his body's going to catch up once he's like he's got the he's taking the bumps now. Um, mm. He's he's felt the crowd. He, he kind of you know, if you look at the second half of the match, like that showed me that the end of the match sequence stuff is still there mm-hmm. for him. Yep. And I think he just has to adjust to doing like, all right, like not getting caught in the trap of like wanting to slow things down um, as much. But um, I think he's going to be just fine. The more he talks because CM Punk's a promo wrestler or whatever. And then what that puts out like very good matches. And um, in his case now, he can he has a great roster around him to to basically you know what to as much as he'll like help carry segments like on the mic um for people they might help him in the ring and i think darby was like an excellent help to like taking him like from like the first year of wrestling to like darby like on like snap his fingers and this shit's in like the fifth gear immediately um, it was like a marriage of sorts. Uh, didn't go too long. Didn't overstay. And you know, I, I thought it was. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a good match. Uh. Probably like three and a half. Three. Maybe. Yeah. I probably say three and a half. I think the thing for me was. Um. I thought it was interesting that like look at the match win and like at one point when he took that first. Uh, that first tope through the uh, second and middle rope from Darby, where he basically like torpedo Darby torpedoed his head into Punk's like stomach and in uh, sternum and or whatever else or his torso at least. Take the hit, and he he got hit and he he like he was in pain, bro. He's like it's one thing that he had that you know the adrenaline of you know not wrestling in seven years from a crowd this big and. And, and whatnot, but then like he got hit and he and it like he hurt and it, it hurt and it was like all right, let's see how how it goes from there. And then like the way he recovered in the second half of that match, I was I was like, okay, that gives me the re- like reasons for optimism. Think that like 
you know, sometime soon, or not sometime soon, but like eventually we're going to get the CM Punk that can go out here and go out have a go have great matches with X, Y, and Z on this roster. So, and you know, like you mentioned, like the talking will be taken care of. So, um, I think it's gonna be cool. Like, I wonder when we're gonna get our, his first match on TV. I wonder what that'll be. How long they'll hold that off? I, Might be I Arthur Ashe. I would book it at Arthur Ashe. Yeah. Um, and say, shit, I. Book Daniel Bryan. Oh, no, no, don't do that. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, but yeah, CM Punk. I think um, if you've never watched CM Punk before and you're just jumping into him kind of now, I would say like if you're looking for one match or this one match to blow you away, it probably won't. But CM Punk is going to be someone that's going to grow on you because. And then one day it's all just gonna click because that's it's, how it's it gonna, happened for me. It's like imagine if Christian was the best, one of the best talkers you ever heard. This it's, at this point now, at this point, mm-hmm. like like Christian, we know can go out there and and wrestle his style and and work at a pace because you know the quote unquote main event style brother uh, that is different from a lot of the the a lot of the guys that are out here doing all the dives and flips and and crazy shit and it's like I like the fact that there's enough of these guys and now can wrestle multiple styles right like to see Alistair Black come here um, with the CM Punk with the Daniel Bryan with Christian here with you know with Kenny what would they already have with current Kenny Omega and in Jericho like I think a lot of this stuff is going to make these guys figure out how to go longer in matches without having to like do a bunch of crazy stuff to necessarily be as entertaining I'm not saying like the work rate needs to go down I'm just saying like it will be cool for them to have options so like not every match has to be you know as crazy or amped up like they can take they can pick their spots or whatever else a little bit better and I think they'll make them better wrestlers in the long run because there's multiple ways to do this uh, after that, we got uh, Paul White defeating QT. Uh, James has listened to Paul White's music slow down. Oh uh, he played God. it for this me um, uh, before the show. You were- I I laughed quite heartily when uh, he played this for me. Anybody a, a fan of slow down music, uh, go ahead and, oh and do that. Or you know, get the MP3 and slow it down however you need to, and uh, get some good entertainment uh, listening to well, like that 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 song. R.I.P. DJ Screw. This is just something <laughs> that me and my friends have done over the years, just stupidly. Like, well, not not stupid. Like the stupid part is like. I do it for more than just rap. I just want to hear what everything sounds like slowed down or sped up or whatever else. So like I'll throw, I've thrown Taylor Swift into, into the, into the dock or into the app. I've thrown earth, wind and fire into the app. I've thrown James Brown into the app. I've thrown, uh, the weekend into the app. (laughs) Slow it down. That's fucking hilarious. I don't, I've thrown Prince Michael Jackson, Amy, Amy Winehouse. I I don't give a fuck. I'll throw it in there. Beyonce, obviously I've, I've like, Pretty much any song I've ever heard at one point, if I've if I've downloaded, I've heard it. And I've heard it slowed down as well, just cause like it's just a. I just I think I think it comes down to the fact that it's like, it, I think of samples or whatever else, and you know you know time stretching whatever else, and trying to figure out how to make that thing work. So when I think of stuff slowed down, it makes me think like I wonder what this would sound like if I was trying to make a beat out or whatever. I don't know, but like uh-huh. yeah, but I just like let me let me just uh, see what this what this this new fucking Paul White song sounds like if if a, if a DJ slowed down the tempo. And it's just, <laughs> it's just like what the fuck? Like, 
first off, it sound that dude's voice sounds like it's a put on fake voice. It sounds like if he like, it sounds Ain't like, no way you, talk like you know that. how people yeah like you know how people talk like when they first see Macho Man or hear Macho Man Randy Savage vo- uh, voice, they think like that's a fake voice because no way his his voice is gonna his, his voice has to be, his vocals has to be fucked up trying to do that like that same thing. No way that dude that's that dude's actual voice. Like, ain't no where, way, ain't like, no how. Like, where is he singing from? Like, they talk about singing from the gut, right? Like, that man's singing from his feet. <laughs> like, singing from the guts. That man's singing from his nuts. What? <laughs> that man is sing. That man is singing from the pu- from the pubic. Or, sorry, the pelvic floor. Forget like the all the way down, da- all the way down, all yeah. the way. Anyway, yeah. where were we? What were we talking about? Paul White versus QT. Oh, okay, what we're talking about was more, was more uh, entertaining than that. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like they brought Harmless. him out there. He chopped. He chopped uh, QT to death. There, uh, there were run-ins from geeks. Uh, he thwarted our uh, big show. Or sorry, uh, Paul White thwarted the geeks, and then uh, QT thought he was going to catch catch Paul White slipping. You will not. Uh, he ends up catching him and then choke slamming him and pinning him. That was like a three minute match or four minute match. Harmless fun. Like um, QT got whooped. So, the uh, AEW World Title match, uh, Kenny Omega uh, defeats Christian Cage to retain the AEW World Title. Both men, phenomenal gear. Uh, one thing I always watch: all right, w- when the big matches come, what what is people wearing? You know, how's it look out here? Um, I love Kenny's gear. This is probably my favorite Kenny Omega gear since he's come to AEW. Uh, hmm. Chris, Christian with the color scheme that I loved, the, the gray and the yellow uh, was, was really tight. And I think they had um, this is a classic kind of title match. Um, and Kenny Omega beat the the shit out of Christian Cage, just like oh yeah, just whooping him. Like, like yeah, he ate it, him it, up. He <laughs> ate him up at the end by uh, with uh, V triggers. Yeah, yeah, busted like, his mouth and then like he clunked him a couple of times. When you see him just getting his head like whiplash or whatever, he's like, yeah. Like how that old song go? I whoop your head, boy. Like that's what, that's what this was. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, we were we got the two matches uh, between Kenny and Christian. I think you got to call um, that whole thing a success, especially yeah, on you know the doubt that was there. Uh, can Christian like really step on this stage? Would he feel credible? I think the crowd was a little subdued by this point because they've been through a lot already yeah, like, like between, three and a half, I already watched like three and a half hours of wrestling by that point and the the extra shows in that building the last couple of days um, yeah you, we know one thing I, I uh, on TV not last night but on TV you know his sec, uh, CM Punk in Milwaukee the uh, I think it was Rampage in Chicago just last past uh, um, Friday mm-hmm he got like one of the all-time ovations when he came out for the first time in a, on a major wrestling show in seven years, and then like the other ones, like the Milwaukee one was less obviously, but it was still big, still huge. Uh, and then the other one that they were talking about at Rampage was also still very big. But it did make me wonder if it was smart to have him on so many shows, or will it just not matter once he comes out on the pay per view? And ultimately turned out to be like, no, nah, no matter once it comes out for him for you because it's a match, right? But it made me think like they did a lot of these shows and a lot of these shows, even though they sold these these tickets because of CM Punk uh, in large part. Um, that is a lot of times to see CM Punk, and we are you know, and the one thing that AEW has an advantage over um, WWE and is that like they're really they really focus on not overexposing their talent, their top talent at least. So 
mm-hmm. um, to have him on so much, it was like, you might be wearing off the novelty. And you, you would hear him talk about that on his shows or on his uh, p- promos where he talked about, like, you know, I'm just I'm just happy y'all still like it or whatever. So I come out because I know it's eventually going to be a time where y'all go get sick of me. And because, you know, he's been a part of that kind of grind where someone they put you out there so much that they don't want you no more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, we'll see how it goes going forward. But, like, pay-per-view they're like no we're gonna see him wrestle so we don't really care but i feel like that might have been that might have been a reason why the crowd kind of left because it's like they were all there for mostly for punk so like the rest of this car is cool but like you know the thing we came came for we came for wasn't the main event rightfully so given what happened but that did take a lot of steam off the the end of the show so but christian and um omega were great and christian man like that spot in somewhere in the middle of the match where they're on the apron there's already been a table been laid out and they tease a one uh, a kill switch and they tease a one wing angel and then it turns into a to where Christian Spears Omega into the table on the floor and then like the the leg of the table doesn't bend down or fold down and actually just juts out and like as the table is crumpling it still sticks in. It's like it catches Christian. That's what he isn't getting cut up from. And you just like I'm watching. It's like, and it made me think of like almost like the uh, Randy Orton RKO bomb on Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 was like you you make this landing, you land on something metal, and you just in your you know you have to you just cut up from it. That shit has to hurt so much. Yeah. And like I was wondering, like given where it was, like did he break a rib and all that kind of stuff and. How he's gonna soldier through that, and I don't know if there was an update on him, but like I just want to give him some props because motherfucker's tough. Like he, one, he's tough, and one other thing is like I've always liked him as a wrestler since I started back watching, especially that that uh, Christian and Orton rivalry, and like some of the stuff you've seen with him and Del Rio, whoever else over the years in WWE before he uh, got forced into retirement. But like he does the old man selling or whatever, or he was at the beginning. Um, and then he had you know the Kazarian match, and then he would have the match with uh, Omega. Had the match with had a few other matches that all knocked, but like he's been a smash success for the you know aid the WWE person comes to WWE. Like I understand he's gonna be an unsung hero because it's Christian, but like that dude just came in and immediately hit almost hit the ground running with this, and like his 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 partnership with Jungle Boy, given that Jungle Boy is not. To, is not really here for the talking um in in the luchasaurus is a, a source <laughs> i think that i think that i think that eventually right i think that from a unsung hero perspective or like uh mvp voting for for aew this year i understand he's not going to place or anything like that but i think he's somebody that should garner you know like if this was MVP voting for NBA or whatever, he's somebody that should like land like fifth or sixth in voting or whatever else, or in the top ten in voting. And I think he should be appreciated from that perspective because he hit the ground running and he's done a lot for this company in a short amount of time. Yeah, um, and I look at it from Kenny's perspective, another um, great title uh, match here, yeah. and uh, becomes the longest reigning AEW World Champion now uh, with that win. Um, it looks like we're getting to that place where feasibly now I feel like you can you can take the belt off him at any time. Um, I, I think he's still got a lot of juice, obviously, with the imports. If either one of them want to challenge him, I think those are big money matches, stadium shows, um, possibly. And I think that uh, 
you know, Hangman's waiting in the wings for him. So, like, the, the moment that Hangman rides back in uh, after, you know, these, you know, the, the luster wears off a, uh, a little for your new guys, Hangman runs back in. And first quarter 2022 at the latest, everyone that was crying, uh, you know, Tony Khan's going to make them feel real good. And, you know, the Hangman will, will get his chance, uh, I think. So like it, this 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 company has been the story of Omega and Hangman uh, from the third episode, you know, in, in a loosely connected way. These guys started teaming. They won the belts. They dropped them. They broke up. They went through each other in the tournament. One of them rose. The other one took a long route. Has failed and failed trying to chase him down. And one day he's going to chase him down. And then it's gonna be all good, like, <laughs> and another star is born, baby. That's how that's how pro wrestling is done. You that's know? how it used to work, at least, you know. You know, um, and, and then the end of, of the uh, the the match, uh, they're like, you know, Kenny gets on the mic, and you know, he's like, you know, Chicago, you know, y'all starting to learn what's going on here. Uh, essentially, like, you know, can't nobody beat me. Only people that can beat me are, whoa, 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 are hold not on, here. Hold on. The rest of the elite came down. They stomped the mud hole in Christian. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because actually the elite had already ran down. They interfered in the match. Uh, Christian thwarted them, and then ultimately it led to Omega getting the advantage. They end up on the top rope. Christian goes to try to hit a second rope uh, kill or kill switch. Kenny gets underneath it and turns it into a second rope uh, one wing angel for the win. Uh, the rest of the elite that were at ringside then go to stomp a molehole in Christian. Then out come Jungle Boy and uh, Illusiosaurus, and I think Marco as well. They stomp the shit out of them as well. So everybody is looking and yelling, chanting yes, There's or chanting Daniel Bryan Cambridge, which one. Lights go out, the crowd's excited. All of a sudden you hear, you know I'm all about that boom! <laughs> Well, I don't well know. Kenny, Kenny said the only people that can beat me. Yeah, that's right. That's are, right. That's right. After they laid, after they whooped them boys' yeah, asses, are retired, he, he then goes to the promo. Or dead. Yeah. They'd be like, so they, oh, so, like yeah. they're not here or they're dead. And then that's the cue for yeah. Adam Cole. Yeah, the cue for what we thought was Daniel, what we thought was going to be Brian Danielson. But in fact, yeah. it was, you know, I'm all about that boom. I, 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 I think that's roughly what the dude said on the song. I'm have to go yeah. back and listen. It's actually up on YouTube already. I have to go back oh, and listen. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so then Adam Cole comes out. Marked out when he came out. Yes. I was huge crowd spot for the crowd. Huge spot for the crowd. Um, the, I, 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 like, immediately, I, I immediately dug up tweets from, from people that I say because I'm petty. Um, well, well, that and plus I looked at you and was like, hey, you got remember, remember your bookmarks? Because <laughs> you showed me like a week ago that you finna dunk on these niggas. So, yes. I was, so I was like, hey, bro, don't forget what you finna do. Do what you yeah. need to do. Yeah. Finish your um, breakfast. <laughs> you know. You know, you know, a year ago, you know, the, the road dog said if that man was carrying cross size, he would have been the universal champion a year ago at that point. Now, don't that sound like some dumb shit? Hey, you have all the tools to be a, to be a top of the line draw in professional wrestling, except for this one thing that, that only one fucking company cares about everywhere else. No one cares. Incredible. Um, this guy in the square in the middle of his prime. Uh, NXT built around him essentially the last four years. Um, the greatest NXT champion of all time. Never goes to the main roster. Sees the landscape. Well, think of it like this, Rich. Right? We we told you guys forever on this show what was going to happen. He's well, leaving. I, maybe you felt that way at the time. I was thinking like, just me. If I were him, I'd go to AEW because like. 
There's nothing left for you NXT to do, and you can't trust this man to do anything success, uh, creatively success or filling with you on the main roster if, give, because he's not taller than Vince. So I would go to AEW. He just happened to do what I would have done, which I think is smart. Um, he said it was a very easy decision. Yes, I, I saw that part. I saw that part. And then, you, and then I also sent you the part where he talked about uh, his Twitch, and you saw how you saw how he lit up and how happy he was talking about his Twitch. Yep. Look, that boy loved that Twitch. We were, me and you were talking about this with Tanya on the show a couple weeks back. That boy, that boy cares about that Twitch, and that man feels like he is doing something uh, of worth for a lot of people. A lot of people are expressing it to him, and I think he gets a lot of satisfaction in um, uh, what do you call it? In good vibes off of off the off of, like the love they give him on the Twitch. So I think like yeah, that was big for him. Uh, uh, how I, big I we might overstate, but he but that shit was important to him. I also am glad to see the college football aspect of this, uh, where Adam Cole has been hanging around the building, you know, for, for years at this point, and, and was slowly being recruited and shown the system and, and being taken on a, on a, a official unofficial visits or whatever by the by the staff, you know, follow and, the visits. Yes, yes. When people so, say that in high school, uh, high school football recruiting. Follow the visits. Yep, and he eventually came. So yeah, uh, happy to see Adam Cole here, and uh, he joins the elite. So he d- does a swerve, comes out, faces off with him, um, does the boom. Um, yep. Looks at the Jungle Boy on, on the right side of his eye, hits him with a super kick, hugs the elite. Uh, they do a triple kiss on this man's face. They, they look like all all shit eating smucks. Um, <laughs> And it's like, well, why it's would he join the elite? Well, another part of it is like, you know, you know, has Shawn Michaels seen that yet? He had to have seen it. Shawn Michaels, this is absolutely something Shawn Michaels has thought about and, and hasn't done or wanted to do. Or is it something that he or he saw Adam Cole do last night? I was like, God damn it. I wish I had done that 25 years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> like, just for Uh-oh. the heat of. Yeah. I love I love my brothers in, in DX. Kiss me on the cheek, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so like there um, there has to be 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 a 97 fo- uh, photo shoot of Sean and uh Hunter kissing China on each cheek while she stands there with a, either with a bemused uh smirk or with a stone face it has to be it has to I, be in existence I, it has to exist it has I, to I exist it has to exist I'm have to look for it yep um so Cole joins the elite. Um, this is, you know, projecting long term. Uh, this I think also gives Kenny a future opponent. Like this mm-hmm. is another match. Yeah. Um, whether Omega turns face off of this or Cole turns face, which I wouldn't do. Uh, I would turn Kenny face. But um, then, of course, you know. Also, well, you know, we talked about holding. Uh, hangman off when he gets back until he gets back. What better match you have than he comes back? He wants a title shot. No, you got to take the person you murdered. Mm-hmm. You got to go through the person you murdered to do it, and let Adam Cole um, get get all the stuff that's needed out of uh, Adam Page at this point in that match or in the matches in that feud to get him to the belt. That I, that's what I would do. I'm glad they did the seance on BTE uh, today. Uh, you know, Kenny conferred with some of the Satanists in the locker room. Uh, Malachi Black assured him that it will work. 
I, I pretty much lost my marbles when he said that. And um, yeah, if you guys haven't seen the seance, check that out. But um, after that, like they're about to go, uh, good night and good luck, bang, and then the fucking music hits, the horns. Um, Daniel or Brian Danielson is an AEW, and now James, uh, I guess I'll I'll start with uh, what actually happened, and I'll go into my thoughts on it. But Brian comes out, whole crowd explodes, I start yelling and losing my mind because I'm thinking about the last five years and terrifying Zach's poor dog. Yeah, yeah, th- that was that was revenge because Zach's dog kept barking at me, you know. <laughs> But um, long yeah. form storytelling. Yes, yes. Immediate come up and <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, Brian comes out, new music, uh, completely different. Apparently, this is something that he went and got done himself. Mm. Uh, I liked it. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, like it's up on YouTube and shit. Okay, I got um, it. I would check it out. Pretty interesting how they did it. And um, he gets in the ring immediately, aligns himself with. Uh, Jurassic Express and Christian faces off with the with the elite. Kenny hits the you know ducks out, and he goes to work on Nick Jackson's ass, kicking him and hits him with the knee. Um, they get the Good Brothers out of there. Um, they get uh, Matt out of there, and it's just like a super moment in wrestling history, like an incredible killer show closing angle with. The debuts of Cole and Brian and like the landscape of just like all these fucking super workers like converging in this this space of the last like you know five six years of wrestling all right here um now James you know I've said I've come on this show for years talked about Brian Danielson and him finally leaving WWE I'm so happy it happened um I've wanted Brian Danielson to leave WWE for almost six years. Last night I yelled for the heavens as it was the release that I had of one of maybe my two favorite wrestlers ever being freed from a company that actively sabotaged them from merch to opponents to trying to bury them and it being pure comedy when it backfired. The fans gifted WWE their next great star on a platter and they moved him out the way as soon as they could for Roman Reigns because he was short, because he came from the indies, because the fans picked him and they didn't want that. While Brian was a pro every step of the way, he wrestled Roman several times while he was staring at demotion right in the face. Now, some of you guys may be saying, Rich, Daniel Bryan was injured. He had to retire. Not so fast. Daniel Bryan was getting cleared by doctors in New York and the UCLA concussion specialists as early as late 2015. Dr. Joseph Maroon, a known payroll hack doctor who made sure to act in the best interest of the NFL once upon a time, somehow found something all the other scientists missed. Call me crazy, but I'm never moving off the fact of thinking WWE conveniently medically disqualified him so he wouldn't interrupt their plans. If your name wasn't Rock or Austin, you weren't over like Daniel Bryan from 2013 on in WWE. And even they went through rough periods. He saved WrestleMania 30. He exposed WWE in 2014 and the 15 Royal Rumbles. And he had a perpetual climb uphill for a status that was already his. When he wanted to leave after working his dates off, in 2018, they magically cleared him so he wouldn't go to New Japan. We've since got additional clearances of Edge and Christian to support this, with Paige to come. 
they promptly they promptly blew his um return so bad by making this wrestlemania match atrocious with an ambulance style to, to uh beat down to begin it a few with big cast a reunion of team hell no that no one wanted where brian was the pin eater and a few with the miz so bad they had to blow it off in two minutes all the way in australia what up sam what up joe saba uh after involving their wives in mixed tag action Brian, of course, a smart man, lobbied to turn heel because WWE could fuck up a cup of coffee. And that's what they did regarding the return of one of the greatest baby faces in the history of wrestling. He did a bunch of stuff that people will argue was as good as the peak of the yes movement. Those people are wrong. <laughs> he ended up saving another WrestleMania main event this year, which he said made him feel nothing while people lied in bad faith about him like they did when they concerned trolled for his safety you folks can stick it he's somewhere where he's not resented he won't be punished for getting over he didn't get over because he was an underdog he got over because he was the fucking best miss me with the dope with the Adobe fake title reigns and the crazy thing is Daniel Bryan actually liked it in WWE and still the first real chance that he got to get out of his contract he saw something he had to be a part of and left Take your L's. You never loved him anyway. Brian Danielson is all elite, hoes. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And that's your victory lap right there. It's going to be fun. Um, Yeah, man. Like, I haven't had this conversation with you um, or an update on it but we've had this conversation every so often over the last since AEW started of like you got on board as far as being like this is your promotion you gotta put a flag into it or what, or this is a promotion you love or whatever you or however you would determine I don't want to put words in your mouth but I've always taken the approach of we'll see how they do in the last 10 months they have either signed or brought in Sting, Malachi Black, Andrade, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Ruby Soho, Yuji Nagata, Minoru Suzuki, uh, Satoshi Kojima, Juventu Carrera, Nick uh, Gage. Yeah, Nick Gage. Um, they have done so many fun out. Uh, out, you know, op, slam dunk things and then some things that are outside the box and things you know, so they wouldn't think that uh, uh, a show that's on prime time would, would bring out. Um, they're my, they're my second favorite promotion right now. Going, um, like, do I love their in ring house style? Not necessarily. I think when their best wrestlers do it, it's fantastic. I think when they're Less over acts or less experienced acts do it. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of feels eh. But, um, for the most part, um, what they have on the show is well presented, well, um, and it ha- seems to always have a purpose. Like obviously it has its flaws. There are enough black people. There are enough black people on this uh, card. There aren't enough for the amount of women they have. There aren't enough uh, reps for the women um, on the main card. Uh, that's obvious, um, and hopefully that improves. But 
what they but in even in spite of those flaws, what they present on a week to week basis. I mean, we're, we're picking Knicks at this point. Aside aside from those two criticisms about the women in the in black men or black or black wrestlers, that those are the only two legitimate gripes you have you should have with the promotion at this point. Is there anything else you could, you could possibly complain about? And I don't, yeah. when I say complain, I don't mean saying like these aren't valid cause, uh, critiques, cause these are real critiques. But like valid criticism for AEW, maybe too much blood. Those would be the three things, the three legitimate criticisms you, you can have for AEW is too much blood. Uh, where are the black uh, uh, wrestling talent uh, in presentation of them, and why? And for the amount of women you have signed, how come you're not giving them more time? That would be the only few things I can think of. You're doing a good ass job for uh, outside of those three things. And this is a largely quote unquote untested team. Like they just kind of rolled out of bed and just started kicking ass. Like as far as like booking and star making and uh, turn this thing to a success. Um, I I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what it looks like when it's there. It's time for renegotiation with their TV deal. Like they were due for a massive raise. Um, I I was actually talking to Catherine about like the business behind like the TV deals and with AW and what, you know, they come to expect. And I think they're getting around like they're in the thirties percentage wise of what WWE gets right now. Uh, You would think that's going to double at least, Um, you know, I could see them easily getting like a $700 million deal or, or a $600 million deal um, next time. Should the demo hold strong the way it does. And the, the price of the brick is set to go up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like this thing is this thing's rock solid. Like this ain't going nowhere. In f- this isn't going to be something that's gone in f- two years. It's not like, like it's here to stay. This I is a real I, thing. I don't know what people got to do to to deal with it, to live with it. However, they they need to you know figure that out amongst themselves. But man, I saw a lot of people uh, dealing with copium. That that was, uh, that was out here. You know, <laughs> a lot of copium, uh, you know, the last like twenty four hours or so, and of course, you know, I, I think some of the some of the race stuff uh, sometimes comes off in bad faith, especially uh, seeing the accounts that some of it comes from. Um, I've done long tweet threads on on the stuff with that. Well, we, I mean, we talked about this. We talked about this on the show. We talked about this on the show plenty of times. Like, like the, I feel like things are going in the right direction. There's not a company that, that aggressively recruits more people that haven't really got a chance than AEW. Um, and, and it so happens that these people, the the names, have signed contracts elsewhere. <laughs> like, what do what, what do we really want to happen? Like, I'm sorry, I'm not pushing. Uh, you know. I, I, that's my favorite famous line. I'm not pushing Kenny Omega out the way for for random guy here. Like, no. I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean. Look, I mean, we can we can push him out of the way for a Martin brother. Maybe you know, a couple not of right, years. not right now. But I'm saying like they have they have uh, and Dante Martin they have sown the seeds that will eventually get him a title match at some point in the next before the year's out. I, 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 at least that's what I believe. They've highlighted it. They they talked about it the week after he went nuts in that match. Um, and they're really good at getting back to that kind of stuff. He will get a title shot. I think the thing is they need to just kind of put him in that class with the, they need to try to figure out a way uh, until uh, Darius comes back. No, was Dar- who's who, who's what's hurt? I forgot, I'm sorry. Darius is hurt. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Until Darius comes back, they need to figure out a way to kind of kid him into that 
throw him into that Jungle Boy, you know, that group of up-and-comers with Hangman and Sammy and, and MJF and, and Darby. They need to do that while until his brother comes back, and then they can eventually send him towards the tag titles or whatever else. And then eventually, you know, eventually figure that out how to turn him into, you know, Ricky Morton. But, um, I, I just think that, but that's just one case. Like, they're, I think the main thing, I think the thing that really hurt them was what happened with Leo. Mm-hmm. Like, because you could tell by the way they put him, it made him the Joker at the last pay-per-view that, like, they really wanted to do something with him. And then, unfortunately, he, had to, he went to rehab. Uh, and that hurt, but it's like, you can't be putting your eggs and the fact that you only have so many, uh, eggs to put in that basket is kind of what we're getting at. Um, like the women's, the women's side, like with, with Nyla and, and Jade and, uh, Red Velvet and the Swole, um, I don't really have an issue with that, but the problem with that is the fact that like, they're there, but like, it's just a fact of like, what if it, as far as presentation side at division, they're fine. The problem is the division doesn't get that many reps in general. So like that's part of the the woman part that's a that's a mess. Like the male singles talent of black wrestlers, that is the that is the real issue. Um, so you know, and I, I talked to this I talked this with people before is like the people they want to push are in WWE right now. Now I think it would behoove them to try to get get off their asses to find somebody that's not in WWE because a lot of them contracts are long term. Um. But but it's one of those things where it's like you're still like yeah you gotta you gotta do it eventually, um, and, and we'll see whatever like, contracts I, run out. Uh, but I said I I sure feel like Ricochet would be getting pushed in this promotion. Oh, he would. Um, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I feel like Swerve would be getting pushed in this promotion. Like you know, he know you would. Keith Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's not you know. Like, let's do this right. The New Day all together resigned. What year was that? Last year. I'm not sure when they resigned, but there's there's like, like there's that, there's dark rumors about the new day. No, like they resigned all. The, in, they all re- being in play. Yeah, my, that's my point. Like they all resigned together to so the contract ends at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. You don't think you don't think they would use the new day? Right. Look, and I think the new day would be in play. You know how fun it would be if they were in AEW. I mean, but then again, look, that's, that, 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 that's kind of unfair. You'd be like, you know how fun it would be if Phil and the Blake was in an AEW that's in WWE? Like, yes, we know. Like, it's not fun unless you're like Roman Reigns or Sasha Banks or Drew McIntyre or, or a horsewoman. Like, this outside of that, who else is having fun? Who else? Well, Randy Orton's probably having a lot of fun. I mean, he didn't pay a lot of money to not work yeah. that hard. But that, that's his version of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not necessarily like worried about the signing the wrestlers that were in WWE thing, I'm like, did, my thing is, did they sign the booker? Oh, no, they didn't? Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> that, that's what I always check for when, when there's a uh, when there's a new talent acquisition. I'm like, well, let me see, like, was there a Vince McMahon is all elite? Oh, no? Okay. Uh, we, we good. We good here. Um, but, yeah, big night in uh, AW history um, and wrestling history like this was fucking all time so um yeah man like i i guess we 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 should move on from here but yeah any any, uh let me see if there's um anything uh in the discord okay so uh, okay so at least for the time being um we, we on wednesday in cincinnati we're getting john moxley versus minoru suzuki 
we're also getting on that show Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, D- Malachi cut a promo during the show, and I thought it was really cool that like they they're also showing you what's next to come like in doing hype you up for this di- this dynamite um so i thought mm-hmm. it was cool and then um we're getting the and they also did a promo with andrade for andrade versus uh pock on um rampage. rampage on friday so uh what time is that in you know um i not sure okay but either way like that match should go off uh so like yeah like they're gonna have a strong week of tv um, this coming week to follow off uh, of this great pay-per-view. Yeah, man, no doubt. Um, so the G1 Climax um, is getting started. The blocks were released. Um, and there was a there was once upon a time uh, on One Nation Radio, there was somebody on the show that said uh, Blue Block and Stardom would be better than the G1. Um I'm back. Um, <laughs> we're we're here now. Uh, so let's let's go over um, this this G1 uh, lineup here for 2021. Um, Man, I wasn't accounting for when I when and when I rebuffed against this. I was not accounting for the fact that like all of the top uh, foreigners. And Gaijins would say, "No, I'm not coming. I'm not coming in. I've caught COVID. Uh, fucking with y'all. Um, y'all are giving me the runaround with, with busing and stuff. I'm just taking my ass on. And like the only, like the only uh, non. I think what I think Chase Owen is the only like non uh, Tongan uh, Gaijin on, on this uh, on these blocks, right?" Zach Saber Jr. Oh well, okay, but he lives there now. But so, but it, okay, sure. So 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 yeah, it's are they gonna bring in Chris Brooks since he's since he's since he's white and actually over there? Are they gonna just bring? Hey, come through. We need we kind of we need all the help we can get. Man, the the sad thing is, I think New Japan did about as good as they could um, with a lot of this stuff. But like combined with the awful Shingo and Eagle Evil title title match I watched this weekend, just out of a perverse nature. Uh, I felt the need to do so. Like I saw the cage match rating it was like a three something. I was like, oh my god! First fifteen minutes filled with like Ozaki Goon levels of interference. Um, it was just <laughs> disgusting, quite frankly. When I think about the IWGP Championship, Dick Togo has got to go. Um, the just all the stuff I'm here by Dick Togo, of course, his new unit they're forming, uh, subunit, the House of Torture within Bullet Club. Never has there ever been a more a, a, like aptly appropriate named uh, stable than the House of Torture led by Evil and Dick Togo. Um, a lot of stuff uh, you guys should check out uh, Voice of Wrestling's Patreon if you're inter- interested with more news on that, like details. But Dick Togo is trying to fucking kill this place. Um, and I don't know how this happened. Um, so the A block. We got Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, Zack Sabre Jr., Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yano, Yujiro Takahashi, Kenta, Tangaloa, and the great Okan. Um, the B Block, Sonata, Taichi, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, Jeff Cobb, Evil, Tamatonga, Chase Owens, Kazushiko Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, James, 
my problem last year with the G1 and why I started talking about New Japan was, man, this is an aging roster with a lot of rematches and like not a lot of fresh matches. Guess what, James? And what they do, they put they put Tanahashi and Okada together. (laughs) Not even that. This this roster just got another year older and the problem is still here. And it's only they're only older now having those same rematches that they've had. Um, The the lack of freshness. um, And like I said, I, I'm cognizant of what you know they're dealing with as far as like on their foreigner front. Uh, however, it definitely hurt them. Not having Jay yeah. White, not having uh, Osprey, definitely hurt them. It's like in addition to not being able to get like one. You know, they thought that, you know there were talks that Brody Lee was going to come and do a G1 at one point. This means like you know Mox who could have uh, possibly would have came in. Um, who knows what Malachi Black would have done? He's a, you know he's a person that grew up on New Japan and uh, and uh, at first and wanted to always try that end up in WWE like, it would it, they were hurt they were hurt by their another year of them being hurt by the pandemic yeah um so uh, I'm not too excited for it oddly I think this is the most balanced the blocks have ever been in the time that I paid uh, attention to new new Japan I think so uh, yeah I mean like, I, th- I, f- I feel I like the B like block is block. better but not by much, but I think that it's offset by, like, the people that are probably going to have the best tournament. The three people I would bet to be the MVPs of the tournament are together with. Because it's, what, Abushi, Ishii, and Shingo, right? Yeah. Yeah, those three people, like, those are the three best people I expect to be in the tournament, and they're all together. So, like, that's kind of that's kind of saving. And, you know, obviously, Naito, he picks and chooses when he wants to give a fuck. So, um a lot of people are just saying Tangelo could be a sleeper here. He might actually show up. After, 2000, and, uh, after 2018, when you trusted. Was that 2018 when he was out there with all the tongue and the interference? No, that was Tamatonga. I was talking about right, Tangelo. Right. So, no, okay, so no, no, what Tama year Tonga's was it? What, real, quick, real quick question. What year was it in the G1 where it, it was Adam Page was in the uh, G1 and then you had uh, Fale and uh, Tamatonga and they were just doing a shit ton of interference uh, that the, year. The shithousery. Um, yeah, 2018. 18. Okay. Okay. So lots of Bullet Club members. People say uh, the G1, you, you like the Bullet Club? Like six members, uh, three in each block. Uh, and it's funny because Chaos has five members, but obviously there's lots of better wrestlers in Chaos uh, yeah. there. Um, Evil's a an absolute shithouse. Tamatonga can't trust him at all. I don't want to watch Chase Owens. I'm sorry, uh, keeping it strong style, but I, I don't want to like. I'm not, not for in, 28 minutes. Yeah, not I'm 28 not in, minutes. 28 and, minutes, and not against Yano. Correct. Um, you know, Yoshihashi, he's not to be disrespected. He ain't no bitch. He's gonna, so he, I, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna come in work hard. You expect you? Re, he's somebody you expect to be one of the in one of the you know. Fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth person in the block. So like he's like, yeah, put him on a card anywhere. Like, is he gonna pick? Is he gonna win like six points? Probably fucking not. But I'd much rather watch him than Evil. We have another Evil and Sonata match staring at us, James. Yes, we do. Um, we have the 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 possible G one match of Evil versus, or excuse me, um, Tamatonga versus Chase Owens. Like, um, we've got Toru Yano versus Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, on deck that had is their worst matchup. I think that's the worst matchup. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. I mean, and even just historically, not even like let's say they go out and shot the world to give us a, a three and a quarter star match. Like you're you're expecting just the shits when those two get together. Yeah, you just expect it. 
these are two of the worst all-time performers in G in in in, in the history of One Nation Radio following the G1. Those are two of the worst all-time performers. Um, int- like I, I have an interest in Naito and Yujiro because they were partners a long time ago, but only a fleeting interest. Mm. Um, I'll watch Okada Tanahashi any day. Doesn't matter. If, uh, yeah, me there. Um, it's just the fortieth time they've done it. That's all. Yeah, I watch Taichi and Tanahashi. Uh, Same. If they, if they want to get fired up. Um, I this, wish this is this is the real thing, right? In an ideal world, you never have to rely on Tai Chi. They have to rely on Tai Chi. I think I think he's fine. Like, I know he's fine. Yeah. My point is, you have to rely on him. In previous years, they didn't have to rely on him. It's like he's found money, kind of. Right. He's a luxury. Um, I of course I, I want to see Ishii like do the impossible again. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be the MP again. Um, been a quiet year for him. He, he's he's had a lot of great six man matches, um, and they've they've held those belts. I think defended them eight or nine times. So quiet on the singles front. So um, it's him Goto in uh, in Yoshihashi, right? Yoshihashi, yep, right. right. So um, yeah, G ones. Uh, Can they wrestle it, Cosmic it, Angels? Wow! Never, you know, never three way, never trios versus uh, the Stardom uh, tr- artist trios. Why yeah. not? But um, yeah, Ishii and Tam, I, sign me up. I, since you're talking about Stardom, James, I guess there's only one thing left to we do. We ain't even got to do that. This we, we, we only talking about one match. I mean, if you want to do it, we can do it. But uh, I mean, you want to do it? I think we got to get the people what they want. Hit the okay. music. <laughs> Man, uh, Utami versus Shiri, the rematch to the Red Belt, uh, sensational Red Belt title match from June 12th. Um, they had they put it in here, it was on the it was under the uh, it was in the tournament, so it's under a 20 minute time limit. Um, I was wondering if they were going to have some, um, similar to Julia and Tan from last year, where they have a pretty lengthy match. And then ultimately turn into a sprint version of which makes it into a just a just from a quick watch perspective of no context just make it makes it a different version of the match just sped up and faster, and ultimately um, they did not do that, but they still had a great match. And uh, the problem is there's another draw. Um, I, I get protecting both of them. I get not wanting uh, Utami to lose twice to Shuri or get pinned by Shuri twice or get pinned and then have a match and then, you know, who knows uh, what happens in the in that title match. But dating back to last year's Grand Prix, they have had four singles matches and three of them have ended in time limit draws. One of them uh, being a double fucking draw uh, and the one where there actually was a finish, it wasn't. No one actually really got beat. One just got eliminated with the top rope during the Cinderella tournament. So no one actually got finished. Um, I love them. I think that uh, 
they might be my vote for feud of the year right now. But um, I know another match is coming, and this next match, damn well better have someone getting pinned or or, or tapped out uh, when it happens. Um, Rich, what are your thoughts uh, before we go through the match a little bit? This one actually worked for me, uh, the draw, because of the post-match. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think the match lost anything for it. I, now, of course, I'm watching, and then I see the bell go off, and I'm like, they fucking got me again. You didn't know it was a um, draw? Nope. So, see, so check this out, right? Before I, Literally seconds before I went to fucking press play, somebody who will remain nameless made a joke that it was a draw. So... I was like, you fucking serious? I have the shit. Uh, I literally have the shit up on my laptop right now. I'm about to watch it. So then y'all were like, y'all did the fake out of, no, it wasn't a draw. So then I get the draw and I pretend to have it. But here's the thing, right? I'm watching the match. I'm watching the pacing of the match. And then I, I know when the, the, min, the five minute, 10 minutes, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute, you have four minutes left. You have three minutes left. You have two minutes left. You have one minute left. You have 30 seconds left. So I'm hearing these calls. I'm like, this shit was actually a fucking draw as I'm watching it. God damn it. So I, so once, it, once I got that one minute call, I was like, God damn it. This is actually finishing a fucking draw. I can't fucking believe they went to another draw. So I'm sitting there like, whatever. Go ahead. Go. German each other. It don't fucking matter. No one's going to get fucking pinned. <laughs> I was like, this. I have seen this before. So you can go ahead and talk about the post-match. So, um. Uh, Sherry gets on the mic and is like, Tommy Hayashishista, like, we have fought for over 60 minutes and for nothing, essentially. Like, for nothing. <laughs> like, we have accomplished nothing. No one is lost. We, the only thing we have accomplished is more buzz in, in a star rating from Dave Meltzer, but outside but outside traditions of, of pro wrestling where someone is, where you go person to person to see who's the best, we haven't yet to, descri- to, to, to resolve any of that shit. We don't know who's the best. Now we're four matches through this shit. Yep. Um, so they said that if, um, like she, she said, you better nominate me or whatever. I was dying, um, <laughs> laughing like well, with the translation of this shit. Like, like if you win this shit, I still want to fight you. Um, Tommy was like, all right, I'm gonna win this this damn tournament, and then I'm gonna pick you, and we gonna get it. Like hey, you thought it was real cool, huh? I did. I, pr- I probably would have thought it was cool. Had they not done the same fucking thing for Cinderella Tournament. They both said going to the Cinderella Tournament that I'm going to win and I'm going to challenge you, Tommy, for the red belt. And then Tommy said, I'm going to win as a cha- as red belt champion. I'm going to nominate uh, Shuri to be it. And then they and then Shuri threw over the top rope during their match. And then while doing double duty, Unagi threw over uh, Shuri. And then they went ahead and had the match anyway. And then they had a fucking 30 minute time limit. And then they went 13 more minutes in, in some of the best fights I've ever seen in my life with 13 minutes. And they both fell to the fucking floor. And I've yet to get a finish. I want someone being rich. I've let my wits in with this shit. I want someone pinned, stacked, and, and put away. God damn it. I hate this. Stop fucking with me. I want someone beat. <laughs> Hook, line, sinker. Um, Yeah, man. And that's what um, makes me more frustrated. I know I'm got. I know the know. second they got the match, I know I'm going to actually get it, but I want it. Uh, give it to me. <laughs> I want it. I need it. No. I look, I look like... Right now, as I'm ranting and raving to Rich, I look like I'm edge in the corner, looking like I want a fresh hit of a rock right now. That's how I look. I don't have a hair, obviously, but 
I just want someone to get beat between these two. I love these two together when they wrestle. This was like a four, four, four and a quarter match in 20 minutes, and they basically had that shit in third gear. They're that fucking good together. They're dynamite together. I want one of them to beat one, the other one for three fucking seconds. Please, please. Bro, match open with the, them just slapping each other and then just making them faces at each other. Um, and it was on pretty much from there, like in the ring, out the ring. Bro. That strikes, bro. slams. Dude, Shuri at the beginning of the match goes for uh, similar to their uh, the Red Belt match from June. She's dominated to start. Gets Utami out on the floor. She goes to try to PK her, uh, hit her with a running PK off the apron. But uh, or actually go for like a running drop kick off the apron to the floor. Utami basically catches her in. Power or uh, power bombs her to the floor. As she power bombs to the floor, Shuri's head uh, catches a piece of the apron. So her, she basically got power bomb the back of her head into the apron, on, and, and the rest of her body end up hitting the mat. It looked. I thought that was that could have been the end of the match. Shuri grabbing her head the whole entire rest of this match. Um, Shuri gets back and fights back, and and like it you know it was an incredible match for 20 minutes but i just need somebody to fucking finish somebody like yeah it's been the first time i've ever seen them together not in a singles match not in like all these tags over over um the last four months or whatever else or three months i'd have been over moon for this match my thing is like i just need someone to get beat that's it that's all i'm asking i i just want i want this on the big stage i i, I pray i don't want to say pray that's too far I really, 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 really hope that this is on that uh, that Budokan Hall, not Budokan Hall, the, uh, that Oaksago Joe Hall, October 9th show, and that can go on last, and then we have another, you know, match of the year contender when they have it. Uh, they both more or less agreed that next time they, they, they see each other on, uh, in, no the, in the start of the ring, there'll be no time limit. They're going to go nuts. Uh, it's going to be like the women's, ver- or people want to raise this shit as a women's version of Okada vs. Omega, and I'm going to bristle at that, but whatever. It's going to be an awesome fucking match, and one of the best matches of the year, or the last few years, when they, whenever they finally do do this match, and there's somebody gets beat with this, and it's going to be awesome. I just need, I just am so impatient, because I like them together so much, that I just want someone to establish that one is better than the other on that particular day, or whatever else. Like, enough is protection. I'm trying to see someone get beat up raw. <laughs> That's that's all I want. Just beat somebody, damn it. Oh my god. Um yeah, you know, since uh they're doing a match with no limit, you know, I can we get, you know, wrestling legend uh Percy Miller gotcha. uh in the building to like, you know, present the title or something like, you know, I know they let Rossi do a little photo op, but like since they do, it's a no limit match, you know, you got to get P, you know, over there. You know, P's in the wrestling business, or was? I do not know how well or how much Master P resonates in Tokyo, Japan, or Osaka, hey, Japan. No, there are no limits, baby. Worldwide, no limit. Worldwide, no limit. Worldwide. Wow. Was was no was World Woman was no limit worldwide before or after the new no limit, which I forgot the iterations of the cha- of the name changes. You know I, what? I totally I'm gonna have to look that up. Is uh, it worth it? <laughs> it's, it's worth the worth to find out. <laughs> I can't 
can't believe this. We're in the middle of a Japanese woman wrestling promotion, and we want okay. to stop to find out okay. the, the name of the origins of the order of how we changed the No Limit the rap label. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so No Limit Worldwide actually never existed. No okay. Limit Forever existed. Oh, No Limit Forever. Oh, my God. And it was the new No Limit before that. Ah. Uh, then... I think it was just regular no limit before okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So gotcha. you know, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Utami and Shuri, no limit. They're just great together. And they started out that match and it was a slap battle and then it turned into forearms and end outside that ring and then you get that that spot where Shuri ends up getting um power bombed on the floor and like, you know, Shuri fought back and she's fighting for arm bars and she I mean, I feel like she took like 70% of the match like Utami was more or less like it got to a point of frustration where she's like what do I have to do to put this woman away to put her down for three seconds three fucking seconds I'll take and then she got on, on top of uh, Utami from full mountain and was slapping throwing slaps on her and then Utami was you know power bombed at one point powered out of a um, out of a uh, triangle um, and sure you sold it because she because uh, uh, she took it on the back of her head like this was an excellent match. I just need someone to get fucking yeah. beat. It's an excellent yeah. match. I, I'm, I'm somewhere in the low fours on it, but it was an excellent match. Same. Um, yeah, but that's. I think. Do we have anything else? Um, I that is the only match I have watched from Stardom since the uh, their YouTube show from um, or April April August 29th. I have yet to watch. I've only watched the main event from the 28th show, so I'm going to watch the 28th show. I'm going to watch the shows from this weekend. Uh, their core can hold. Uh, they had um, their uh, they had that Utami and Shuri match on Saturday, and then there's they didn't have a show on Sunday. They had a show today. Uh, I I believe the main event was, or at least the, or at least the biggest match on that card was Takumi, Takumi versus Tam. So. Um, or no, I'm sorry. There was another. That's next. That's next weekend. But whatever. Like they had it to Corgan Hall uh, today, and we'll cover that uh, on next week's show. We'll go through all this stuff and get you update fully on. It. I just, but there's so much stuff going on, and I don't want to watch a million uh, things and be, you know, a grouch when uh, people, you know, watching like hours and hours of people beating the shit out of each other. Didn't go to watch guys flipping around and be like, the flipping around stuff ain't what it is. So I, I didn't watch it. So. Uh, well, I'll get up to date on that, and then we'll, we'll all catch up over next week. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Just want to say, uh, rest in peace goes out to Michael K. Williams, who played Omar in The Wire. Uh, we were just talking about The Wire on the show last week. Yeah, uh, I'm currently actually watching The Wire again. Just had finished season four yesterday. Uh, was going into season five, ironically, the death of Omar. Um very sad to see this. He was such a great actor. He's many people's favorite actor from The Wire, favorite character. Yeah. Um, that that fentanyl's not a joke. I was reading more into it. It's it's bad news. Um, I don't know if that's like you know, like that's that's what the reports are saying. Like there's some some type of fentanyl situation going on, but. Um, I know, like, uh, Michael K. Williams went through some trouble in his life. I believe he developed a real-life, like, cocaine addiction during the uh, filming of The Wire because he was getting so deep into the character of Omar. Like, he was, um, uh, you know, just just falling into, dropping in, as they say. And um, he actually, I found out a lot about him. Like, he was a dance choreographer, and he um, 
did the choreography for Crystal Waters in 1994, 100% Pure Love. Um, and just as an actor, like he's he's changed. Like he, um, a lot of people were talking about, like he changed the way like masculinity was looked at uh, within, like he, he could play a gay character, but like, but for him, you always had to be like an effeminate uh, gay character or um, someone like non-confrontational or something like, he just like did like a lot of stuff with like the characters he took on. Um, when you talk about someone like, you know, Chadwick Boseman died last year and, you know, the things he was doing as an actor, like Michael K. Williams had like his own path of mm-hmm. showing what you know black people look like on screen yeah um i never really thought about it from that perspective i've uh but yeah now that you mentioned it yeah like it had to be one of the first roles of expanding um your viewpoint of what you think of uh of at least of the portrayal of homosexuals um on airwaves so that that was a big deal i think um i think also you know i think probably uh given you know the colorism that's going on in our society i think it was also a big deal that he was also dark-skinned too mm-hmm. um but yeah like i never watched boardwalk empire but people you know praise him in similar fashion to his work on omar he's one of the great television actors of our time um, of our generation, uh, better way to say it. Um, and he'll be dearly missed for some of the incredible work he's done, um, on two all time or some, or two of the better shows in, uh, TV history. And, you know, he's one of those people that were, uh, you wonder what his range could have been outside of some of the things he did because he, he was so good at, um, and what you, when you see him in different things outside of the Omar stuff or outside of uh, the stuff you saw him doing in Empire. Like, when I would see him on doing cameos and stuff like, and I see a lot of people because of the success of The Wire, you would see people pop up in cameo, you know, special special guest uh, appearances on um, series that I would watch. And I would always pop to see people, you know, see someone like Kim or Carver or, or him on, like, The Good Wife, for example. And it'd be cool. So, like, you see them in a different range. You know them, but obviously playing a role and, like, to see how well they can get you out of that mindset of thinking and looking at them as their chemo or their or their bunk or whatever else. Um, to show you, like, how talented that, that roster was and how talented he was. Um, and, you know, we'll never know what he, all he could have done, but what he left with us was, like, an all-time great TV character. An all-time great TV character. So, um, yeah. I kind of want to rewatch The Wire now after you've been talking about it last week and now with the passing of him because uh, he you know he's almost everybody's favorite character on The Wire he's, he's like he's most people's favorite character in The Wire it's a, yeah. a lot of people's favorite character in TV history so um, you know rest in peace he'll be missed no doubt yeah um, I guess that's the end of the show be sure to raise on whatever app you're using sorry um I want to do one more thing. We actually had got a question okay. um, from uh, Dre Zara. Shout out to Dre Zara. Um, and he sent this in, I think, after last week's show. Uh, and he wanted us to read off, uh, I guess, a hot take um, of his. Um, he says, Sheamus's career in WWE and as a performer is more consistent than Seth Rollins. And... Huh. His accolades speak for themselves. Do you think Sheamus is the better wrestler slash storyteller than Rollins in career to career comparison? 
Um, I'm going to say no because I don't know what Sheamus has really done worth a damn uh, at the main event level in WWE ever. Um, like I know what he's done, but I mean, as far as like stuff that you thought that you look back and you're like, "Yo, that was awesome." Like Seth has some of that. I, I think when you talk about like the top end, you're definitely talking about Rollins. Yeah. Um, I think when you start looking at their mid card stuff or like Sheamus's world heavyweight run, I guess you could put into that um, as well as like him just being a super solid as fuck wrestler, like as long as you can remember mm-hmm. maybe his mid card stuff is a, is a little bit more uh hard hitting and i think he's underrated in an extent that i don't think rollins ever has got the un- underrated tag yeah um yeah i i think i think his perspective on wrestling and his role in the company has changed and as it's changed it has benefited him where he is now over the last uh, or since the pandemic right um, they don't rely on him to be a top of the car guy like they had been in like the the middle of last decade and the or beginning of the last decade. Um, they now just they just he's a name. He's been around for forever. They, he knows everything. He works hard all the time, and they get you know once they pretty much put him with Cesaro and and did that you know that best of seven and put him in the bar. Like I would say from that point, so that's like what summer two thousand sixteen. Summer mm-hmm. 16 to now, like, there's been more or less like his demotion out of being an upper mid car guy to just a middle of the mid car person. And, like, he's thrived and had a lot of fun when there's less pressure on him and less pressure, and Vince has less pressure to try to do stuff with him. But when he was doing, like, League of Nations, that was a shit. Like, yeah. don't, like, don't, don't, we're not about to retroactively pretend like he was, like, that was not bad. Um, and you look at the talent that was on that that was on that thing that was embarrassing. Like Del Rio is a good wrestler or was a good wrestler. Rusev Rusev slash Miro has proven that he's time and time again he's a good wrestler. Sheamus has proven time and time again he's a really good wrestler. Like for that shit not to work out. And also um, Drew uh, I'm gonna say uh, Drew Barrett. Drew uh, uh, yeah uh, Barrett proved as you know like the you know in the roles that he had like Bad News Barrett was like was was fun as hell uh, over the time that we had it like for that not to work and for that to like stink the way it did it was it was not that, it was that, not that in was the like mid 2000s it was like the radioactivity around the Roman Reigns babyface character then like, I mean but you like, remember they, they had to turn Seamus they had to turn Seamus Hill because like you know like Daniel Bryan and she- or sorry Roman Reigns and Seamus were probably the two people the most affected negatively from the fact that the crowd and I would say you say Batista as well. Ne- negatively affected by the fact that like, nah, bro, we want this Daniel Bryan shit. Fuck that shit you talking about, Vince. Yep, yep. No more Bryan and Sheamus matches. <laughs> <laughs> Even though those matches are fun, like that's probably sh- uh, that two out of three falls match at Extreme Rules probably still Sheamus's best match, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like I, I just think that as you re- uh, as a in middle of the card dude, I don't know because Seth's never been a middle of the card dude. Mm-hmm. But I think that as you go further up and from neither one of them ever been prelim guys, but middle middle of the car, upper mid or mid carter, upper mid card, main event top guy, like as you keep rising, like Seth is Seth has proven to be better at that stuff so for me I I'll, I'll go with Seth. Even though I think Seth, you know, at this point, um I don't know what he's trying to do, but like at least that match you know, at least that match at SummerSlam was 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 really damn fun by the end of it. Um, but you know, you go up the card and you're in WWE. They're gonna ask you to go out there and waste 
you know, and waste time during the middle of a match but just fucking wrestling. It's a it's a mind fuck. Like I like they're talented enough to do it, but like once we once they get some of this sh- once they get a lot of these events shit out the way, like W is gonna be so much better. Just the fact, like economize your time in the ring. Like I don't. It makes no sense to me that like what you do in a fifteen minute WWE pay per view match can be accomplished all together and cohesively in like ten minutes in a starting ring. It makes no fucking sense to me. It boggles the mind. <laughs> Gotta fill time. Yeah, that too. I'll take uh, Seth as well. Yeah, like we're not that down on Seth. Like we're, we're like, <laughs> like, like we're, we, we are it. down on Seth, but not that down. I figure we talk about it. I figure we give Sheamus his props. Say maybe, hey, start thinking about Sheamus in a different light as yeah. he like winds his career down. Sheamus' but. last five years have been a been a two thumbs up, two thumbs up the last five years of his career. And I don't really hate. I don't really necessarily. Hate, I'm not necessarily mad at uh, Sheamus when he was. In higher positions, because I, I, you know, I like enjoy stuff like the Sheamus and Del Rio stuff or whatever, right? Or Sheamus and Big Show when they were out there being shy of each other. But um, it was a point to where it's like they were doing that, like literally to almost spite their fans instead of what the fans actually wanted at the time. So you know, it, it kind of became a, it, it kind of became a really cool thing not to like Sheamus, even though Sheamus out here like rocking people yeah. and getting rocked in return. I think a lot of the, I think also like the game turned his way where like guys used to work soft. So many guys didn't work so, work so, work so, worked soft early in the first half of the year to work, or the decade. Where it's like now like so many people are willing like Riddle will engage in 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 in, in the striking. This you know uh, Priest will engage in that. Keith Lee will throw forearms with you. Drew McIntyre will do is about that action. Like mm-hmm. all these guys have you know have kind of. He kind of found like the right matchups and the right talent to, to to fit into what he probably would have done sooner had he not had like a bunch of people like the Miz walking around. <laughs> no, not no disrespect to Miz. Miz is you know Miz is successful, but Miz and Miz's version of professional wrestling and Sheamus' version of professional wrestling, like those only happen under you know those only happen um, <clears throat> in the sports entertainment. Uh, section of professional wrestling where you have that kind of disparity, that, that kind of disparity in like you hope that they work together. It's like nah, man, it's not really. Why are we don't? Why are we even pretend? So um, yeah, so like I think you know I think Sheamus when when um less stuff is asked of him, the stakes are lower. There's less pressure from Vince to want to make everything perfect. He does really good. He's a really good professional wrestler. Sports entertainment. Once they ask him to do more sports entertainment stuff, doesn't work as much as well. They wanted to put braids in his beard, and they wanted to basically cosplay as John Cena, except with Irish accent. And that, I mean, that's hurt a lot of people. Like that's what hurt um, Roman. Mm-hmm. That man squashed Daniel Bryan as we come full circle. You know. <laughs> All right, so I guess that really is it. This show now. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate us on, uh, on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um, also, uh, go to Red Circle, our Red Circle, and drop us off a donation. Um, and check out Pro Wrestling Tees. Aside from all the millions of shirts that uh, AEW will be selling over this weekend, uh, yeah. you can also stop by Pro Wrestling Tees slash Social Banks pick up some official Social Banks merchandise. Um, so, yeah. And then on the... Uh, 
on the uh, podcast listening tip, you also have uh, Keeping a Strong Style. That'll be a fun listen. <laughs> That'll be a fun listen this week. <laughs> I, th- I think they about to, about to rip them up. Yeah, they, they, they do not sound happy about... Uh, uh, they do not sound happy. Um, on, on Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, you have Roman Watch This Shit. On Thursdays, you have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On... Uh, Fridays you have 8-Bit Suplex on Saturday you have All Things Elite we'll be interested to hear what Floyd has to say this man may melt on the mic may melt uh, while recording Um, I wonder if I can send him a question and he'll actually answer it on on the show Uh, (laughs) you know I'm wondering how he feels about like the greatest AEW pay-per-view potentially has no mention of Cody whatsoever Um, anyway also We'll, go, we'll uh, also drop you off, but make sure you guys listen to on Saturdays, Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.